0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Hello and welcome to Nosotros, the podcast that explores all things San Antonio, all things political and all things cultural. Thanks for joining us. I'm Elena Ayala, your host and a Metro columnist for The Express News. My guests today are Rebecca Maria Barrera and Mary Longoria, remember that, Longoria, Gutierrez. They're rock stars in the field of education and curriculum development in cultural exchange and understanding. They've traveled through Mexico and Latin America together, I'm so envious, interviewing artisans of all kinds. Both began as classroom teachers and grew into careers in publishing. They're co-founders of a unique educational nonprofit called Somos Cultura y Más, which they'll talk about today, and are the masterminds of the local El Día de los Niños celebration, which is just around the corner and celebrating a big birthday in San Antonio. They'll fill us in. They're, Resumes are so dense, I can only mention a bit of both of them. Rebecca, or Becky, was the lead author of Amanecer, the first bilingual curriculum for Head Start, nationally, correct? And the Scholastic Early Childhood Workshop, adopted by more than 75% of Texas and California pre-K programs. She founded the National Latino Children's Institute and was there for a decade and was the force behind the creation of what we'll talk about today, El Dia de los Niños, Celebrating Young Americans, now a national event in more than 200 U.S. cities and communities. She served on the board of directors of the global publisher Scholastic for 13 years and was its director of Latino initiatives for eight years. She's a 10th generation Texan, and she's executive director of Somos. Mary Gutierrez has worked for various educational entities, including the Region Education Services Center, The Economy Company, Silver Burdett, Scholastic, Perfection Learning, and Santiana. Santiana Publishing. She developed curriculum for grades K through eight, state adoptions, parent literacy programs, and summer English as a second language programs. She has directed Bale Folklorico and is an 11th generation Tejana who serves as the culturista for Somos. Welcome to both of you. Thank,
0: Thank you. you. Thank you for having us.
1: There's so much to get to, um, especially about the upcoming Dia de los Niños, but I'm fascinated about your family stories. So I want to start there. Becky. Your family has Texas roots that go
2: back 10
1: generations. Right.
2: Tell us about your family and the rancho your family still has. So during the Escandón settlement, uh, one of my ancestors, Capitan José Vázquez Borrego, was given a a, a plot of land uh, near what is now Zapata um, called Dolores. San, uh, Dolores was the, the name of the, uh, the land uh, piece. And that's where he brought many families, like 20 families, and they settled that area and the area surrounding nearby Laredo and all of that in the 1700s. So we have that legacy in our family. And my father always told us about it when we were children. But the the interesting thing is we never learned any of that in school. And it wasn't until I was at Hemisphere and saw my grandfather That grandfather's name on the wall as one of the original settlers of Texas. Oh my God, that gives me chills. That's when I understood it. That's when I understood. And it was at the Institute of Texan Cultures. And the other thing that was marvelous for me about Hemisphere, I was a teenager at the time and I, because I was bilingual, I was given a job of a VIP tour guide. Very fun way to spend your summer. Oh, what? Oh yeah. Movie stars and presidents and governors all the time. But. That was also the first time that I realized that being bilingual was something magical and special because before it had only been something with my family and we were still punished in school for speaking Spanish. And every class that I ever was in, teachers had us pronounce our names differently. So you grow up thinking you're Barrera, not Barrera. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know that the word Barrera means barrier and that, you know, beautiful bullfights have that barrier. than oh, Barrera. Awesome. You know, you, you, you don't know any of that because mm-hmm. our history was never taught. That's hence right. why we're doing this today.
1: I want to ask about Longoria oh, yeah. and that you're
2: an 11th. You, you
0: beat her by one generation. I think we were just a little more busy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same time period. Because the same it, was, it was actually same right summer. before hers. They got here a little bit earlier uh, in the 1720s. <laughs> 1726 uh but uh,
1: 1726 yes. okay that's that's the thing when you look when you l- hear that year mm-hmm. and think 17 17- 76, you know. And oh I mean, yeah. I mean, it really puts things in perspective and shows us how little of our history we did learn. Absolutely. Everywhere in the country. Absolutely.
0: So tell us yeah. about 1720, what? 6. Okay. That's when we were first documented in this in this on this continent. Uh but the story that I think you're asking about is yes, there are all those generations and I very different from Becky. I didn't learn this stuff in school either, but my mother went genealogy searching. Before internet, so she was walking in courthouses to get marriage certificates, birth certificates, death mm-hmm. certificates. She'd go to churches and get baptismal. Yeah. You know, she she was a, a going through cemeteries getting dates. She did all of this on you know, the real old-fashioned it was way. Real. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, she found all these fabulous stories. And one of them, um, she I have done research on her, and since then. Uh, she's known, if you Google um, Texas' first cattle queen, Texas' first cattle queen. But she was around before, she died before it was Texas. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> and what but, was her
0: name? Her name was Rosa Maria Hinojosa de Valle. And uh, either through marriage or by grants or land grants or by um, um, inheritance or she outright bought land. If you think of where Rio Grande City is, all the way down to where Brownsville is, over one million acres north and south of the river, okay, because it wasn't a border at that time, okay, it was just the river. And she had at each of the ranches, she raised cattle and sheep and so forth and and at each of the ranches she built a chapel or a church and so she was the documented godmother of over 300 children wow and um uh, so she oversaw all this land right mm-hmm. and a patrona. she was always out on the on the range with a big hat and feathers big old plumes and they would see her and they say Alla va la patrona mm-hmm. <laughs> because she was known as the boss lady mm-hmm. and and she also had her skirts cut so she could ride the horse astride as opposed to side saddle mm-hmm. and so they she was she was a real cattle woman wow okay? and she was married twice and had two uh, sets of kids and one of them grew up to be a priest and that priest can you imagine in his little wagon with his friend helper and they go, they go from ranchito to ranchito yes. to do a wedding here, to do a baptism here, to do, you know, a funeral here, all these things, you know, for so long. But she sat with him and she told him, mijito, I love you, but I can't give you any of the good land because you're not going to have any heirs. Did he leave the priesthood? No. <gasps> she um, gave him the island.
1: Oh, that's the Baye. The Padre, oh, island. Padre, Padre de island, de island, Padre Island for Island oh, oh, Padre Island. That's Oh it's a good story. my <laughs> god, such a good story. But <laughs> tell us uh, before we go start about because I want to start about the other los but <laughs> but um tell us about the Longoria
0: in your name. Okay, the Longoria, uh, uh, sh- uh, one of her uh, one of her children, granddaughters married uh, Juan Miguel Longoria. Okay, there were two of them in different generations, but the first one, and he uh, has a historical marker down in Blue Town. It's like one signal light and two blocks. <laughs> it's, it's in South Texas, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> down by Weslaco, and all those. Uh-huh. And 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 uh, so in Blue Town, they built a historical marker to him. Because he is uh, credited with giving all the uh, uh, sequias, all the irrigation system Mm -hmm. that's down in in South Texas. That's why we have everything growing down there because of the irrigation Uh system. And he brought that from northern Spain, where he was from, and they grew grapes.
1: And that Longoria also got us to a very famous Longoria, correct? Yes. I think (laughs)
0: you're thinking of my prima. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Eva Longoria Bastón. uh, Yes. Eva is... uh, Okay, in the, in the lineage, one of her great, 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 greats, I don't know if it's four or five back, maybe six, uh, but his name is Pedro Longoria, and he's a brother to one of... Uh, oh, okay, so, so there's son primas. Son primas. Todos somos Todos so somos <laughs> primos, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially during Fiesta, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to watch it. Yeah. Okay.
2: And, <laughs> and that, you know what she told us about the acequias, that, that's the kind of history... We've been missing in our school Absolutely. The contributions that those early families right. made, building the roads, bringing the cattle industry, the whole vaquero thing. They to this Whole vaquero morning, thing. They were discussing the charros will... You know, the charros were the original cowboys, yeah. and so there you have it.
0: There you have it. As okay. opposed to the mariachi, which was a little bit more...
2: Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. The biggest
1: insult to a charro is to be uh, mistaken for oh, a mariachi. <laughs> is that a mariachi? <laughs> are you a mariachi? <laughs> the biggest <laughs> insult to a charro is to be called a mariachi. <laughs> yeah. Okay, even though I love mariachis. Tell us the who, what, when, and why of Dia de los, los Niños, which is coming up soon.
0: Okay, the who, what, when, and why. Uh, The who is uh, Dia de los Niños. It is for children, and I'm talking up to 86, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because there is a need to celebrate children for who they are. You have birthdays, you have secretary's days, you have, you know, teacher day, you have grandparents' day. But you have—birthdays are one thing, but to have a children's day— that's what this is and Becky can tell you a little bit more about that but it's um tell us it's may 6th the festival uh the dia de los niños festival is going to be held uh, may 6th it's usually uh traditionally on april 30th but that conflicted with fiesta this mm-hmm. year and it's on a sunday and we didn't want to do that because we didn't want people well, to feel torn We actually do torn. have
2: a, a festival on the 30th
0: Yeah it's going to that's a Mylon different Park.
2: One. but it's a one week celebration We'll talk about that.
0: Okay. With, uh, Let's, uh, okay. But, so but,
1: so it's 9 to 3 p.m. at Plaza Guadalupe. 9
0: to 2. 9 to 2 at Plaza Guadalupe. And uh, there will be performers there. You'll see mariachi. You'll see uh, dancers. You'll see the uh, the uh, Native Americans. They'll be bringing the Indians in for a blessing. We're going to have a children's parade. And the children's parade is fabulous. And um, our uh, headliner is going to be a lady by the name of Tish Hinojosa. San Antonio's own, Tish Hinojosa. And Tish uh, is going to, she wrote a song 25 years ago uh, called <laughs> Cada Niño, and it praises children. So uh, we're going to have some school choirs come in, and they're going to sing with her Cada Niño. Oh, and how beautiful. And then they'll have a show. And
1: she's a singer-songwriter, um, yes. a folk singer. Um, from the West Side. From the West Side, and uh, another, another San Antonian with
0: deep, Uh, Texas Roots, and it's, this is free, isn't it? It's all free. And everything that the, that they get to participate in is, uh, f- it's, it's all free. And, and we will, they will do things, their activities, art activities, like making the binding on a book, making a book. And, and this one the is, look at how the Aztecs did it with a piece mm-hmm. of twig to put it there. Uh, they'll be learning about repujado, which is a beautiful art form of, and, and the kids do it with, with foil. Okay. Oh yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> and then we have uh activity cards that give you the history on what it is and uh so you can go home and share it with your So you're and learning mrs.
1: about a, a cultural tradition that maybe you didn't know
0: about and or you, you had seen but not really fully known. You no, know, you see the, the Wichol art oh, you know, yeah. with the yarn and sometimes they do it with beads and stuff like that and wax. The kids will do that. It's beautiful. Using a picture yeah. from the codex. See oh. that's what she's doing right yeah, there. Yeah. I mean the ojo de Dios. The symbolism, they'll learn the symbolism behind the ojo de Dios. So all of the activities, you know, there there's are cultural. So cultural. many. Yeah. Yep.
1: Becky, um this didn't just happen. Yeah. uh <laughs> it it has this this holiday this celebration has a very long history and has very deep mexican origins talk about that and how you came to first introduce the celebration and where uh, there's mm-hmm. the san antonio story yes. origin there
2: and how it's grown across the country so Uh, At the time, I was the executive director of the National Latino Children's Institute. And one of the things that we were charged with by students who had come to our conferences was that they wanted to find a way to express themselves, to have leadership roles, and to be recognized for the role that they would play in the future. They felt that no one ever asked them what was important to them, how— what what were their dreams? What were their mm-hmm. plans for the future? And so, uh, and I was in Austin at the time. That's where the organization's headquarters was. But um, we decided I, I'm I had been in San Antonio, of course, for all the forty years before that, or however many years there were thirty <laughs> years before that. And uh, I knew that San Antonio would be the easiest place to figure out how to bring attention to young Latinos because remember it was the National Latino Children's Institute. And so our goal was to uplift young Latinos. They that's what they needed. They they told us in all of their all of the focus groups that they felt they were only represented on television as gang members, mm-hmm. as school dropouts, as problems with immigration, and nobody ever pronounced their names correctly. As housekeepers. I mean, that is yeah, the role that, that, everyone that you always thought saw. Of. And so these young people said, you know, we're, we're just, we're more important than that. And, and consider that we didn't even have a Jesse Trevino painting in the Smithsonian at the time. This is so 25 years ago. So having been born in Laredo and knowing the the culture of living in a border town city, or what we call the Borderlands, which is from Monterrey to San Antonio, uh, we sort of knew there would be some that there was a cultural way to uplift children. And the idea for this particular um, holiday to be embraced and adopted by the United States was born as a result of a a little book reading and book festival that an author that Scholastic had in their in their uh, catalog. Her name was Pat Mora. She's a librarian from El Paso, El Paso, mm-hmm. an author, and, and worked with the libraries in El Paso. And so on Día del Niño, which is on the border, she decided to do a book reading at the library and tell everybody, vamos a tener Día de los Libros. So I knew Pat because she, she, her books were at Scholastic, where yeah. Mary was working. <laughs> and I was on the board of Scholastic. So I called Mary and I said, you know can we get pat <laughs> can we get yeah we could get pat and we and through through another friend um Oralia Garza Cortez from a, a librarian who was running the children's section here at the library in San Antonio we connected with pat and the wife of ernie and Cortez. the wife of ernie another great san antonio yes, right uh-huh. so we decided we would bring uh, these groups together so oralia and Pat Mora and myself, and we got Scholastic to agree to sponsor her and give away books. And we said, Let, but let's do more than Dia del Libro because San Antonio, we were right there at, we were, we were going to hold the first festival at Main Plaza, which didn't look like it does now. But, uh, so, so the idea, and we knew that it was a Mexican holiday because both Pat and I had border life. So we went to the consul and the consul said, Bravissimo, vamos a los juntos, you know. He wanted it to be together. So that's how the first one was born. And McDonald's uh, Corporation stepped up from one of our board members and uh, helped us build this momentum with the city. And so the first festival was here. Mayor Howard Peake was the first Aww. mayor. And our sponsor through the whole thing was a brand-new young co- uh, city council member who had just been elected the previous year's name is José Menendez. Oh
1: wow. Who had, who that's Grew, such
2: history here. grew up <laughs> becoming now our senator. So that was the first festival. And because of our national connection, visitors came from Puerto Rico, Chicago, Los Angeles, Washington, everywhere, uh, to learn how we were gonna do it and how we were gonna create a cultural holiday to uplift the children, and how they could turn around and go back to their city and recreate it. And so that's how it started. And But tell us a little bit about how this um,
1: holiday was born in Mexico. So there's a connection there. How long has
2: Mexico been celebrating? Mexico has been celebrating since 1925, and it's a big deal. Kids don't go to school on that day. They have carnavales and festivales of all different kinds. But, of course, for them— Learning their culture is not a secret. It's not something hard. (laughs) For us, that was the intention of our festival was, yes, we would have fun, but we would not just be doing arts and crafts and having fun dances and entertainment. It would have to have a cultural, historical flavor so that we would grow up knowing what we didn 't learn about ourselves, you but know.
0: you know what those festivals in Mexico you go and here you go to a festival and you have cotton candy and you have candy mm-hmm. apples and you have all this kind of stuff. The, you know the carts that they put the cotton candy in where they stick them all in and they 're mm-hmm. all wrapped up and all that. okay, they have that, but instead of cotton candy there are um, there are little monitos. Like this, and a little paintbrush and a little paint a palette of paints, and so that the kids can go home and paint
2: oh, and so they do it like, of- it like
0: that was in Mojaca. so they teach them the, the, the tradition of the, mm-hmm. of the of the alebrihita of the p- style of painting
1: so um, in San Antonio, we're marking a big. Number the twenty fifth. This is the twenty fifth anniversary mm-hmm. of the Día de los Niños celebration in San, mm-hmm. in San Antonio, and it's it's no surprise to me that it started here in the Mexican American cultural capital exactly. of the United States. Exactly,
2: and now it's in how many places? now? Well, after that first year, we went to the uh, we went to the Sen- U.S. Senate by invitation of our own elected representatives at the time and we and uh i think at the time we had orrin hatch um ted kennedy tom daschle and john mccain four well that's a that's a good group power group right none of them are there anymore but all four of them. and neither are those kind of political moves and many of no and many of them spoke spanish um none of we didn't have a hispanic senator so we had to go to an anglo senator mm-hmm. to get us to to declare the holiday in the us senate which is where uh, the commemorative holidays for the united states are born that's where you
0: And the whole born. name is El Dia de, de los Niños, niños Celebrating Celebrate- young, young Americans.
2: Americans. Yeah. It's and the, Celebrating Young Americans allows you to transfer that word into many languages, which is what they did at the Chicago Public Schools because they had children of many, many different countries. And that's how the the development of the the growing of it and how it's become easy for so many groups to embrace the holiday, even though they're not Mexican-American. That's right. So in your community, you might be re- learning how to write your name in Chinese symbols. In another community, you might be learning the history of uh, I don't know music from the the Arkansas area, you know, mm. wherever the festival is held, it takes on its own its own flavor. community flavor. But yeah. it's roots, right. yeah, de Los Niños celebrating young Americans. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, uh,
1: congratulations Thank on you. this, Becky. I mean, a lot of work over many decades for yeah. the both of you.
2: Well, and having met Mary as, as she was a corporate executive. Having corporate partners makes all the difference when you're starting an idea like that among nonprofits because they have they have buying power, they have media power. and Scholastic was the world's largest publisher. They immediately for, put and articles. It was a,
0: for children, so yeah it was and they put a, they
2: put articles into their magazines and spread the, they made a poster for us that went mm-hmm. to every school in the country. That's the way we built the momentum. It was really yeah, great fun. Yeah.
1: Um uh, good synergy mm. yeah
2: um the work
1: that you both do uh, for child and family um fa- chi- children and families in this event really stems from your professional work as teachers, curriculum creators and producers of cultural education true yeah. in these kits that um you might show us today. Uh, Medi, what drives you to do this work?
0: <laughs> well, I've always been an advocate for bilingual biculturalism and getting as much of that out there as possible. Um, so that voice has been strong. When my daughter was born, of course, I wanted to preserve that because my mother did it with me. Uh, we spoke Spanish and English. The rule in the house was you speak. If I speak to you in English, you respond in English. I learned Spanish. That was just Mm -hmm. the rule. Okay. Uh, So it was part. And when I came home one day when I was in junior high and I said to her, I don't want to speak Spanish anymore because none of the popular kids speak Spanish. Oh, my God. Okay. So don't talk to me in Spanish anymore. And my mother said, ven para acá. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God, that's scary. And, and and she was crocheting, and I'll never forget. She stopped, and she put it down, and she picked up a piece of of yarn. She cut it, and she said, dame la mano. And I put my hand out, and she wrapped it around my wrist. And then she says, all right, turn around. And I turned around. She tied it to my belt loop. You know how your jeans <laughs> oh, have? Oh, my God. Is, a ver cómo pasas el día. Oh, without, without, without well, we with only have, one hand. With Let's only see how one, you can do yeah, it.
1: Only with okay? one hand. So
0: then, So I was always very... Proud and aware. Okay. And got a lot of that from my mother. I mean, her digging into all the genealogy stuff, you can understand mm-hmm. what kind of woman mm-hmm. she was. And, and uh, so then my daughter got a lot of that too. <laughs> and she's very proudly bilingual and wonderful and very aware culturally. But then I had my granddaughter. And my granddaughter even more important, right? Oh, oh my goodness! Uh, and so, when people ask me why I do what I do, it's because I want her to know all these wonderful things. There is a really good chance she's not going to pick it up in school. Yes, although she's, even now, thankfully, in a in a dual language school and doing very good there. But I know she is aware because she hears all the stories. She's around it all the time. She's immersed in it, and it's very important because she is now grounded. Okay, and I know this because, and I want to get a close up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, there she is. She's talking. She's been hearing. We did a chocolate gala. So she heard all the stories about the cacao and the chocolate comes from cacao and so forth. And how it was the Aztecs, actually, who turned around and fermented it and made it the way we like to drink it, you Mm -hmm. know, in chocolate. So she knows all these stories. And her mother was doing the activity center where everybody was tasting the real cacao to see, you know, that it's not chocolate yet. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, uh, she had been hearing these stories all months okay so then the photographer captured her telling the little little boy boy. and it's a series of pictures and and as you see she starts off very you know straight up and then she leans in and then she picks up the beans and then she gets in there and then his reaction that's why I do what I do because I know she's going to tell this story for the rest of her life Okay, right. It is something that is yeah. a, a part of her. She says, cacao is in my blood. Y te habla español en And she reads in both languages. So, you know, I, I can't ask, you know, th- this is what I want for all of my, my fabuelas that uh, have, you know, th- they are able to pass that on to the next generation. Becky, I know you the have a similar that. story
2: too. I think, I think we all do. Uh, For me, uh, it's always been about how people pronounce your name and uh, and the pride (laughs) associated and the and what that does for your identity. And the uh, first time that we did the Milagros exhibit was on the Mall in Washington D.C. in 1996 when uh, Stanford Children was created, and Marion Rod Edelman asked me if I would create a a Latino. Something for the all these many many and tell entities. us
1: who Marion was. Oh, so Marion
2: Wright Edelman is one of the great leaders and and advocates for children's rights in the Nationally. United States. African American yes, and just a boss. And yes, uh, really uh, amazing woman. And she runs the the Children's Defense Fund. That was the first. Real powerful lobbyist organization for That's young right. people. And at the time, I had been on the board of directors of the National Association for Education of Young Children. I was elected, believe it or not, one of the first Latinas to be elected to that board because uh, it represents all of the early childhood teachers of the country. So uh, – um you know, there was always this question of, okay, you're pushing for this Latino stuff. Are you trying to get a piece of our action? Or are you just going to make the pie bigger? You know, there was always this give and take with the the African-American uh, advocates for children as well. So we joined forces every time that we could. And that event, the the stand for children on the mall in Washington, D.C., in mid-90s, was to draw attention to the the any the any uh, the uh, abc bill for ch- uh child care and so th- that was really the turning point for mothers being able to work because child care vouchers and resources would be expanded in the united states i mean 25 years ago that was still Something we didn't just find easily. Anyway, so we created this exhibit of the Milagros because it was the most Mexican thing I I could think of. And the name I came up with was Milagros are Dreams for the Future. And thousands and thousands of kids made milagros and hung them up on a little display that we created out of PVC pipe in the in the <laughs> floor at Home Depot. We went, we bought the pipe, they helped us cut it, and we built a tower, and then we filled it with these milagros, and they sat on the grounds at the at the uh, at the at the mall in Washington during that that amazing march for children. And then after that, they were in the Capitol. They were in the White House. They have circulated. And we've been making Milagros ever since. And so I wanted to share a couple of them with yes, you yes. because they're very moving. And, they're, the- and while Milagros can be the silver-plated, yes.
1: lovely little... Artifacts and things that you hang on necklaces
0: or put on altars. You take to the church and you go. It's a little
1: leg because I mine
0: really hurts, you know. And
1: this is uh, is done on construction paper and made more accessible. So read some. So yes,
2: whereas historically it's a petition that you're asking for your favorite saint or or whoever. It's a very Latin American tradition. And so these kids, their petitions are different. They're, this one says, Their wishes, their I dreams. want my grandma to come back to Texas. Oh, yeah. So there has to be a story behind that. We don't yes. know who it is, what, what age oh, it's they beautiful. are. Beautiful. But it'll be hanging on our exhibit this year. And we hope that the exhibit will travel throughout the library system here in San Antonio because they're very keen to help us do it. This one says... Yo deseo que no vendan pistolas. I wish that they wouldn't sell guns. And it's signed by Jonathan. We don't know how old he is, what school he goes to, uh, but that's his. He produced it at a a festival. At one of our festivals. Uh, We've been doing these at all the festivals for years. Oh, this this one so bless his heart. (laughs) (laughs) I wish to pass the fifth grade. Uh, I hope you. I hope you I did. Hope he does too I right. hope you yeah. did I hope all kids do. <laughs> um, this one. This one really is touching. It's. Um, it's got a lot of stickers on it, and then in tiny little pencil letters, like if it's almost a secret, it says, "I wish I had a dad." You. You just don't know what. How, and. Why did it take this little piece of paper to express this yeah. feeling? And, and almost um, so that no one would, would, would see know, it, would No name or anything. Well, it says Chris, but we don't know anything about Chris. Yeah. So to get really serious about this, um, during COVID, we wanted to make sure we didn't have a year that went by without Milagros. And so we approached our friends at Mi Tierra, and the Cortez family was so excited with this idea that we made 500 of these little kits, and they were gone very fast because they were one. gone two nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the kit gives you the history of what is a milagro, how it's a historic, you know, thing that the Spaniards did, and that uh, it's a petition, a prayer for something that you wish for in the future, and that you can make your own. And then on the back, and there's a couple of pictures of these are. This is a picture from that day at the at the. Capital with thousands of them on there, and then inside, of course, you have all the little oh, props yeah. that you, you need. So, the you, right. so instead of
0: getting a coloring book when they come into the restaurant, they got a kit, and while you're oh, waiting for your food, you can. Do we this. need to get but,
1: some money for that to be replicated. Well, well we would but like this, to. <laughs> this, this, yes,
0: this, this is this is very. I mean, it's it's a wonderful. I love doing this, but the the miraculous thing about it is when you read what these kids are writing. And you compare that to research that's been done, like kids count, and and they tell you we want to know, you know, how this percentage kids are concerned about bullying, this percentage of kids are concerned about gun violence, this percentage of kids, you know, don't have enough food to eat, this percentage of kids is not bad. You know, you name a topic, kids count will find out that but what is really wonderful is that when you read these milagros they give you the same kind yeah, of ratio it's a reflection of ideas. Mm-hmm. it truly is these kids are telling us mm-hmm. what it is they're living i mean banana. they fall into family they fall into neighborhood they fall into aspirations you know i want to be an engineer uh, the one I love, I wish we had to show it to you. Is I want to be an anesthesiologist, and it took a long time to figure out that word. Wow. <laughs> because it's it, so, very, so very, very inventive spelling, too. <laughs> and and you get a couple like I want a pet unicorn or I wish they'd stop killing pandas. I think those are the only two that I've mm-hmm. found. Uh, but, you know, but most of them are very concrete. So these kids are aware and we need to fix it. We need to give them a boost. Yeah.
1: We're running out of time, Becky, and I want you to close this out. Um, I've been following your um, you and your travel buddy here uh, <laughs> going through Mexico and Latin America, and I want you to reflect on that and how that has informed your your work as a child advocate.
2: Well, it truly is. I think that uh, that the gift that Mary and I have is that we can— take something that's very complex and present it to families and children in a way that's easy for them to understand. Our, we, we write directly to them in their language, not in, in an academic. We academ- think like a three-year-old. We don't. <laughs> well, we're not writing like academics when we're presenting for the public. So in our work, I mean, from the very first time that we traveled together, I think in 2000, we, we went to visit in Oaxaca where they were dyeing uh, threads with cochineal. From, which comes from the cactus. Now, I've seen that little white stuff growing on c- prickly pear. The fungus. All my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a little bug. I didn't know that they could dry it and that, that they would grind it and that it would become a, a dye. dye. And that there were these natural dyes that were used all over all over this land you know and it's
0: Me- very typical of the clothing that you see a lot of things are in that color those things. And- so
2: so having that experience we were just fascinated by that and we of course we brought back dyed hand-dried rugs and all of those pieces but it stayed in my mind and people would ask me about things and i would say oh yeah well this belongs to this and this became from that and this is how it's made and you know the the, the, i think i bought one of these at that time on that trip so this was (laughs) that's why they're a little beat up over the years but the kids loved to hold them and everything and we talked about what a Alebrije was and how it started with the linares family and and now they all know it because of coco Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but the general public would say, well, that's an interesting kind of folk artsy thing. It's not even well made. No, it's hand carved. And it's a tradition passed down from one generation to another for centuries. And And this
0: is what we give the kids. This is your palette, and then we show them about the kind of alebrije style. Oh, that's and beautiful! And then this is what
2: they produce. That's one of the, you know. So I mean, they're so, learning so these things. Is, It'll stay with them when we go and visit artisans and we see them working. Whether it's someone who makes things or someone who grows things um, and and prepares wonderful food, we we learn from that. It it feels it feels like it's something we felt in our heart. We we didn't know that we knew it and that we loved it. But as soon as you connect with it, it's culturally you, yours yes. and you know it. And then I just want to share that with all the kids because no one did that for me except for my parents. And so I was confident because they would say, you have a rich history. Your family can do this. Your family did this. Your family, you know, your grandfather wrote a song for the, for the revolution, you know, and it was very famous and it's on the backside of the national anthem on a CD, you know, on a record. Oh, that's awesome. And you hear things like that and you feel that's what makes you feel, uh, your identity and who you are. And once you know who you are, you then can do anything. You can, you can it gives you very, strength. It gives you confidence. It gives you that sense of, I can speak up and I do can. something that's different. That's right. It doesn't matter that, and, that I'm not And told it removes to.
1: any of the shame uh, Exactly, of you can't speak Spanish. It removes yeah. so many negatives. Yeah. And um this is a lesson that we need to teach again and again. And yeah. I thank you for coming on and that's teaching right. us. The festival.
2: Thank
0: you. Uh, come yes. to the, May the 6th, festival. May 6th. 6th come and early bring your kids it's all free P- parents walk out with armloads, loads of, and oh, it's sing, plaza sing,
1: guadalupe on the west side amazing. right near the church right near the theater it's right. a it's a historic part of town yes thank you so much and thank you everybody out in podcast land for joining us